reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depths of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. The Pharisees were seeking a sign not to grow in faith, but to test Jesus. Jesus refused to give them a miraculous sign that they were looking for, as if he were some type of magician just trying to win their respect rather than to save them. He had already by this time worked many miracles, but they refused to acknowledge them as miracles. Jesus would say in St. Matthew's version of the same passage, no sign will be given to this generation except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah spent three days in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man spend three days in the belly of the earth before he would be risen from the dead. That would be the sign. Jesus' suffering, his death, and his triumph over suffering and death. For us in our own witness to Jesus, we're all called to proclaim the gospel, each of us. We're called to do it by our lips. We're called to do it by holy lives. But in many situations, the greatest way we preach the gospel is our becoming signs of Jonah to an incredulous generation. By the way we suffer, just as Christ's triumph over suffering and death was the greatest conversion opportunity to the ancient world, so will our triumph over suffering and even death, our joy in suffering and even death, will become a conspicuous call that what we believe in is something not merely worth living for, but dying for. That's what St. James is getting to in his first letter. When he writes to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, they had already been suffering such that through Saul's persecution, etc., they had scattered all over the place. He said, consider it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Be happy about it. Don't be sad. Why? Because it'll essentially increase your faith. It'll make your faith strong and perfect. He says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let your perseverance be perfect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perseverance means that we still not only believe with our brains, but we believe in our actions, we still have that deep, deep trust in God, even when we have to suffer for Him. It's, of course, easy to believe when we win spiritual lotteries. It's tougher to believe when we have to suffer on account of our faith, but it's that perseverance that makes our faith truly shine. 
We, of course, see this in the lives of so many of the martyrs over the course of time. In the Roman Empire, there were a couple things that converted the vast multitudes. First was the way the Christians loved each other, that they were willing to sell all their proceeds, lay the proceeds at the feet of the bishop to distribute wisely as they knew the people most needed it. They had never seen any love like that, love even for enemies, love that could embrace a person who used to persecute him like Saul. That was the first big means of conversion in the ancient world. It wasn't through preaching. St. Peter spoke with a Galilean accent and had not that great of an education. St. Paul was a stammerer. He was a stutterer. He was short. Oftentimes they wanted to listen to Barnabas or somebody else. It wasn't by their preaching. Their miracles did help on occasion, but fundamentally it was because of the church and her love. And the second great reason for the conversion of the Roman Empire was through the persecutions. It was while Christians were being tortured and slaughtered in absolutely gruesome ways, singing psalms as it was occurring, going to the lions with smiles on their face, that the Romans began to say there's something different about this group. They weren't wackos. A lot of the times you had very wizened people, old, in years. But they were singing and joyful, knowing that as soon as they had breathed their last, they would live forever with God in heaven. And that began to convert first their guards, then their executioners, and then the spectators who had come to see what they, would, what they thought was going to be gruesome torture, but it turned out to be a holy holocaust. We, too, need to learn how to suffer through perseverance. When it's tougher to live our faith, that's an opportunity for our faith to become tougher, for it to become stronger, for it to become greater, for it to become deeper. We need to see this. A lot of the times it's hard to see, especially when we're in the midst of suffering. That's why St. James tells the early church, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks this ability to see things as they really are, as God sees them, how suffering, rather than being a curse because of what Jesus has done, has now become a caress. If any of you lacks this wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all and ungrudgingly, and you'll be given it. Today at this Mass, we ask for that wisdom. We ask for that persevering faith so that we might be those signs of Jonah in our age, Jesus' instruments to bring others through us to the persevering faith that will bring them to where saints James now triumphantly rejoices forever with all the mind.